From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 335 for the week of August 28, 2014. The Disney Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan that perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. Mary Jo will return next week. Yay! In this week's show, Who? Jody returns with a trip report from her summer vacation, and Wayne Toyo talks about his recent trip to Six Flags Magic Mountain. All that plus this week's news, roundtable rapid fire, and our Diz Sports Thread of the Week on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hey, hey there. Hi there. Who hi is there. this Mary Joe woman you speak I of? Know, yeah, I know. Really? Such... <laughs> Who's this Mary Joe you speak of? We might have to reintroduce her to Disneyland. I, I seem to recall yes. a short gal. Oh. I, I don't know. You're lucky she's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Come and get me from halfway across the world. <laughs> yeah, she might. Yes, yeah, she might. I'm surprised she hasn't tried to call in, but I'm sure there's a bit of a time zone issue. Uh-huh. We could try and Skype her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she does have online. it on Let's her try. phone. Let's try. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's everyone's week? Any housekeeping we need to talk about? Ooh, ooh, did you see the new rotisserie chicken on the menu of Flows that they tweeted out this week? Oh, is that, well, is that a permanent thing yeah, or just something It said something special? like it was temporary. One of those special things they're trying out? Yeah, they threw a picture of it up on Twitter this week, so now I gotta take a look, and maybe cool. try it, yeah. and and then and then what did we hear yesterday? Nothing. What? We're talking about that in the news. Oh, okay. We're gonna talk about it in the news. <gasps> Shock. <laughs> I'll, I'll save the suspense for later. Okay. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Is anything else in housekeeping? I have housekeeping. Go ahead, Michael. Well, you know, we had a little bit of shaking going on. Mm-hmm. Are up here at the Northern California, um, you know, Diz Unplugged Studios. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we're just fine, Carol and I up our way. We, you know, we barely Yay. felt it, but you know, it, it was a significant quake in the, so, so you did Valley feel it area. a little bit then. Yeah. It was okay. felt all the way into the, um, foothills of okay. Sierra Nevada. So it was for, it was a wide range because it was a very shallow quake. And, you know, it was a rolling quake. So the, it traveled for quite a bit. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, there's pretty s- significant damage to some of the historic buildings. And, you know, cause they were brick and masonry in, right. um, you know, downtown Napa. There are a couple of, of Disney connections in those areas that I've talked about on the show. You know, the Silverado Winery, uh, you know, that is owned by, you know, Ron Miller and his late mm-hmm. wife, um, Diane Disney Miller. And that was only, that's only about 20 miles or so from, um, downtown Napa. There, they did tweet out, you know, some photos and there was some damage, mainly bottles falling over and things like that. Nothing significant. Um, no significant damage to the family home. I mean, the Millers are fine and all that. Um, Lasseter Family Winery which is in Sonoma, in Glen Ellen, they actually tweeted out that they were just fine, that they experienced no problems at all. So the wine is still flowing in both of those (laughs) um, wineries, and which is actually good news because 
due to the drought, the crush is going to be early this year. Oh, wow. So, you know, the wineries are, uh, you know, starting to, um, you know, have their harvests. So this is going to be, this is a big tourist time now for the valley. So definitely don't let this, um, you know, the quake dissuade you from visiting the wineries because the vast majority of them are open for business. Very cool. And I have another one. A couple of weeks ago, I went to the D23 2014 anniversary at the Walt Disney Family Museum. Ooh. Yeah, and it's it's presented by Walt Disney Records, the Legacy Collection, which is really an interesting little collection. And what it is, I'm I'm I have the site. I'm just bringing it up. What they're doing is they're re-releasing, uh, you know, some soundtracks for oh, wow. some okay. of the classic films. But Yay. and they were playing some of the clips for some of the films that and that had anniversaries. But what they also have, it's not just the soundtrack. They have a um, they have music from songs that were deleted from the film. They also have behind the scenes recordings that took place. Also each um each one ha- comes with a lithograph that's artwork that's done by Disney artist um Lorelei Bove, whom I talked about um because she was part of the presentation of women in animation uh-huh. um that I talked about. So this at first I was so this sounds like a really intriguing collection. So just to let folks know in 2014, they're releasing The Lion King. Actually, that's already available. Um, but then Mary Poppins, Sleeping Beauty, and Little Mermaid. In 2015, they're releasing Fantasia, Pinocchio, Toy Story, and Disneyland's 60th anniversary. So that'll be interesting. Oh, Lady- is that next year? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Lady and the Tramp, Pocahontas. And then at the, um, at, I think at the D23 Expo, they're releasing Aristocats and Cinderella. So, so dis- people who are collectors of Disney music might really be interested in this collection. Um, the, the D23 anniversary celebrates anniversaries from all around the Walt Disney Company, and they showed film clips, rare behind-the-scenes clips, um, interviews with Imagineers, and you know Disney notables. They had rarely seen concept art. Um, construction footage and concept art for Disney park attractions. And they also have two items um, from the Disney archives. So this is sort of like an audiovisual yearbook. So when we checked in at the Walt Disney Family Museum, which is where I saw it, um, we all got a D23 20, 2014 pennant. Um, they gave these out in 2012, but they didn't last year. So somebody oh, wow. must have complained. Um, <laughs> they gave you some postcards with the um, art for some of the legacy collection, um, CDs. Um, then you could choose one button from the following Disney anniversaries. You could choose an It's a Small World 50th anniversary button. And that had artwork from the World's Fair attraction guide for the attraction. Um, a Disney MGM studio logo because that is celebrating its 25th anniversary. You could get a Donald Duck button. It was based on artwork from early character model sheets because Donald is um, 80 years old this year, 80 years young. And then there was a Mary Poppins button where you could get artwork from the promotional concept art for the 50th anniversary of Mary Poppins. So, of course, I chose It's a Small World. And they opened with trivia slides and a 
D23 promotional film that we'll all see at the D23 Expo. Uh-huh. But, you know, <laughs> that they really are good at marketing because those promotional films, they, they, they always get a, a good emotional response out of you, you know? Yeah. Um, D23. Would, would, would I recognize the presenters? The presenters, um, one was, oh, what was his name? I think his name was Kevin. He was from the D23 archives. Okay. And then there was Kelly. She, I believe, is D23 marketing. Um, but she did start out at Disneyland as a tour guide. Hmm, okay. So, um, so, um, D23 is also celebrating its fifth anniversary this year. So now rather than going through the anniversaries chronologically as they did in the past, this is a little bit more freeform. So they basically organized the anniversaries by major events and divisions. So they started out talking about the 64, 65 World's Fair. Then they went into the live action films, and that included this time Disney Studios, Jim Henson Studios, Lucas Films, and Marvel. Hmm. Um, That's really interesting, though, that they combine all of those, you know, because historically they weren't part of the company at that point. But to talk about them since they are technically company properties in in relationship to each other, they they had a lot of influence on each other at that point. Right. And I mean, look at Dark Crystal and all those. Yeah. And they even they talked about, yes, some of the Muppet films that are having an anniversary that were, you know, that were not released by Disney at all so um and then um and they talked about animation and that included disney animation studios as well as pixar studios anniversaries in television they included their network television shows modern family's already five years old wow i I was really surprised by that um but the disney afternoon remember with the wuzzles and the gummy bears and Mm -hmm. all that yeah yeah, yeah yeah and then the disney channel anniversaries and there were shows i had never heard of um on there. Darkwing then, Duck rocked and so did the Gargoyles. <laughs> yes, the, and they talked about both of those. Yeah. Um, and then um, Parks and Resorts, they went through and then they concluded with Mary Poppins' 50th anniversary. Very nice. And, and then after each segment, there is a trivia question and they give out prizes. I want a D23 Walt Disney Studio t-shirt. Nice. And, Ooh, yeah. Look at you, Mr. Styling Guy. I know. My, my question was what um, what what attraction character is represented in Walt Disney World's Haunted Mansion Cemetery? Oh, isn't Oh, Mr. Toad. Mr. Toad, Toad. Yeah. you're right, you're right. So they gave I out a picture that t-shirt and it gave out, um, you know, um, classic posters, things like that. It's nice that they shake it up a little as far as yeah. the, because it's, I mean, it's kind of repeatable because it's different, different anniversaries each year but still you kind of bore of it after a while you'd think yeah yeah but you know and, and the question comes up you know is it worth it um you know the d23 anniversary is a lot of fun it will make you feel either nostalgic or old uh-huh. um if you don't live near a disney theme park the walt disney family museum or belong to a disney and a fan club i mean i would really encourage you to attend the d23 anniversary if possible if so if nothing else to connect with other disney fans yeah and um, so tickets are available to D23 Gold and Silver members for $23 each, um, to D23 Free members for $33 each, and to the general public for $40 each. Um, we'll have a link to the D23 website in our show notes where you can purchase tickets and see which cities the anniversary will be. It's not uncommon for cities to be added, so continue to check the site. 
Very cool. Don't forget about our Arizona meet. They really need your help. That is October 24th through the 26th of 2014 in Phoenix, Arizona. I bought my tickets. Yay, there you go. I have to buy mine. I forgot. So we will all be there um, celebrating and and raising money for Give Kids the World. Uh, Should be a hope's plans to be a lot of fun. We hope to see a lot of you there. Um, I don't know what else I can say other than sign up now. Sign up early and often. Uh, also, don't forget about Podcast Cruise 5.0. That is coming up November 30th of 2014. That's It's very, very, very soon. Uh, that is a seven-night Western Caribbean cruise on the beautiful Disney Magic. Very exciting. Uh, say again? Very exciting. We're all looking mm-hmm. forward to it, I know. Yes, yes. Also, the don't forget about the Royal Caribbean Alaska Cruise with the Diz and Dreams Unlimited Travel. I think we've finally decided that that's going to be Diz Cruise 2.0. Yes. Don't quote me on that, but no, I, 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 heard, heard that. I heard that last week on the podcast. That. But Yeah. I know. I, I, I thought it was funny that they're so surprised so many people are going. I know. I thought Alaska. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. a big draw. So, and that is June twelfth of twenty fifteen on the Jewel of the Seas, a Royal Caribbean ship. There's yeah. some fun Ro- stuff coming up with the Diz. Yeah, definitely. So, did, did anybody watch Freeform Friday last week? Carol did. Okay. No, we were out. There's there's a little a little tidbit in there about what might be happening for Dizapalooza in December oh. of twenty fifteen. So. Tell us, tell us. Oh. That there may be a huge Give Kids a World of fundraiser associated with Dizapalooza. Oh, great! I'm so, I'm was hoping to do another Harry Potter. Event. Well, that's that's well, yeah that that was one of the that's one of the hopes is Diagon Alley. So mm-hmm. that would be nice. All right. Oh, speaking of cruises, I want to tell a story. So, is it is about it a lovely was, lady? Yes, exactly. Well, maybe. You'll just have to listen. Um, I was, as everyone knows, I was on the Disney Fantasy this summer for a seven-night uh, Caribbean cruise, and I was hanging out at the Skyline Bar, which was one of the actual quiet places in the in the adult area. I usually hang out at like a pub, but the pub there was loud and raucous and had a musician. It's like, okay, now forget it. I'm going to the fancy bar. Have a martini. So I'm hanging out at the Skyline Bar. It's it's late at night. Place closes at midnight. This was 11.30. There was maybe half a dozen people in there. But another couple comes in and sits at the bar, at the other end of the bar. And it's just the three of us at the bar. And so, you know, you say hello and start chatting. And, you know, they start talking about, you know, where you're from. And I tell you, know, and then they start to talk about Disneyland. And so, of course, you know, me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, oh, so when did you last go? Where'd you stay? How many days were you there? What did you do? But, you know, I, I, I turned on, you know, podcaster. And so midnight comes and Katie, the bartender's like, I'm closing up, but you guys can go ahead and chat. I'm like, okay. So she leaves. We chat for another hour, probably just about Disneyland and what's going on there and how their trip was and, you know, their next trip to Disney World. Blah, blah. So finally, one thirty cut rolls around, and the gentleman looks at me and says, "You really remind me of this podcast, uh, the guy, this guy on a podcast that I listen to, Lou Mancello. No, <laughs> he listens to us. Oh, how funny! <laughs> so he he didn't realize that he was this whole time, or I didn't realize that whole this whole time I was talking to two listeners that of our is podcast. Funny. 
And they didn't recognize your voice? They, so, uh, originally, eventually they did, yeah. So that's why he, that's why he said he said no, I sounded no, like. No, you don't understand. He puts a little vibrato onto it. He runs himself through auto tune, so he sounds. Yes, no, I sound totally different one. Otherwise, he sounds like this yeah, when thanks. he's on a nicer conversation. <laughs> so anyway, shout out to Paul and Michelle. Hello, <laughs> great to see. And then of course you see him all over the ship from then on, and so say hello to them. Uh, shout out. Uh, don't forget about if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at dlpodcast at www.info.com. And for links to anything we talk about, including the Arizona meet and the two cruises we talked about, you can find those at our show notes page at disunplug.com. Um, any other housekeeping? Okay, over to Tony with the news. We have a housekeeping style news program, news article. Okay. The wait is over, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, the wait oh, is finally so. over. Yes. Dozens of people waited in line recently on a Sunday morning for the opening of Anaheim's very own Roscoe's House of Chicken Waffles. Nice. And, is it still open? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, dozens of people. As of this recording, yes. <laughs> yes. The soul food mecca for which many in Orange County previously had to drive some 20 miles or more to get plate to get plates of waffles with hot sauce. Or more to get plate. Okay, Sorry. I know if everybody hasn't figured. No, I'm the teacher, and I'm having a problem with the fact that the person whose article I'm reading, there goes the whole magic behind the scenes, has his subject verb agreement wrong. Or her. 20 or more, 20 miles or more to get plate of waffles. So maybe they are closed. Maybe they only had one plate of waffles, and it's done. Plates of waffles with hot sauce. Can I just say that I wanted to go there for breakfast this morning, but someone sure? did not respond to me <laughs> for for a breakfast invitation. Oh, wait, because I got a call, too. I haven't gotten a call from you in years. Was that what that was for? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I, I called and left a voicemail. Am I calling the wrong number now? Has Tony changed his number because he no longer loves me? <laughs> oh, no. That could be it. No longer. Okay, let's keep. Going. Hey, no. <laughs> just... hey. But I thought I thought for sure you'd want to go for breakfast this morning. Well, I need to. Next I, week, I need to... we can make it a Labor Day thing. <laughs> okay. Wow. You're kind of pressuring me here. I'm, I'm... All right. <laughs> I, uh, I know. I think it I needs to wanna... happen this weekend. We need to have waffle time. Me and Tony. <laughs> I think Tony's waffling very nicely right now. <laughs> I, I, think I, I think I am. So what else did that? Crack article say? Okay, well, wedged between a gas station and a budget rental hall Speaking office, of Roscoe's is on Harbor Boulevard near Orangewood Avenue and is the company's first Orange County location. The Anaheim Resort, the, the Anaheim Restaurant is number seven for the institution with the others in Hollywood, Inglewood, Long Beach, Pasadena, and LA. Gina Corona of Anaheim said, uh, this is the greatest quote ever. Not the first part, the second one. The waffles just melt in your mouth. They do. It satisfies your inner fat girl. Yes, it does. <laughs> like the gr- Preach Gina it, Corona. Gina. Preach Gina it. Gina Corona, that's the greatest quote ever. When I read that, I went, that's um, that's beautiful. Satisfies your inner fat girl. Yes. Corona and her sister, Rachel, had breakfast there Sunday morning, missing Tony and Nancy, and both ordered the number one, SCOE, I don't know, the SCOE special, a plate of Southern style chicken yep. with two waffles. Just after walking out, the pair snapped a selfie in front of the restaurant and joked about dinner possibilities. Nice. 
Yeah. Now it's close to home, so now we'll be here, said Rachel Corona, who said they'd often drive to Hollywood to get their chicken and waffles fixed. The 7,000-square-foot facility seats roughly 319 and will offer the usual... Sorry, I'm coughing. Everybody can hear that unless Tom edits out. I was having grapefruit beer from Epcot. I found it at BevMo. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, that's good. There's like 0% alcohol, but... That's okay. And it's 2.5. So it's just really just squirt. Okay. It's just like squirt with like a teeny bit. Like I think I could make it myself at home for cheaper. But anyways, back to the news. The 7,000 square foot facility, which we just said seats roughly 319, will offer the usual menu along with beer, wine, and cocktails from a bar in the upstairs terrace facing Harbor Boulevard. Sunday morning's diners enjoyed popular dishes, including the Obama special, a plate with three wings and a choice of a waffle, potato salad, or french fries. Otherwise known as the country boy before Obama bought it. Okay. And Herb's special. My favorite. Okay, chicken smothered with gravy and onions paired with two waffles, said manager Janita Phillips. Most of them live out here, and they've been to the one in Long Beach. They're all excited. Dane Miller and his family from Yorba Linda arrived at the restaurant at 7.45 a.m., just before their restaurant opened. Miller and his wife, Rosella, ordered Herb Special. Their daughter, Monique, the Obama Special. We've all we've been to all the Roscoe's. We love Roscoe's good chicken. We're happy that it is here in Orange County now, said Rosella Miller. For the Pasundo family from Garden Grove, it was their first time eating at Roscoe's. Man, they're giving like detailed descriptions of everybody's order. I don't know about the privacy of this. Mario passed on the chicken and instead ordered the Big Mama Special, a Mm. scrambled eggs meal served with potatoes smothered in gravy along with a hot biscuit. For his two kids, it was the Obama Special. It's pretty good food. Excellent. Service is great, Mario said. Okay, before I actually give the mic over to Nancy, because I do want to explain, I want to hear some stuff. My question is. Yes. Okay, but wait, but don't answer yet. First, my thinking is that this needs to be reviewed multiple times, not because I want to eat there, but because breakfast versus just eating the soul food. Because if there's good soul food, that it is, but having, but basically not just eating the chicken and waffles, but saying, okay, I'm not getting chicken and waffles. I'm just going to get the other stuff. My question for you is what's the other stuff? Oh my gosh. Like during, okay, I don't want a list of everything, but like, do they have like collard greens and black eyed peas they do. and like cornbread and my like favorite smothered is the pork candy chops? Yams. My favorite is their candy yams. Their candy yams are heaven. Heaven, heaven, heaven. And their greens are good too. Okay. Um, I'm not so as big on their red beans, but. Okay, so they have all that stuff. It's not yes. just chicken and waffles. Okay, they, have need potato, they have a mix. They have, <laughs> you know, you can get fries, you can get potatoes, you can get be- red beans, rice, okay. grits, cornbread, you name it. No, I think it needs to be reviewed for breakfast separate from lunch or dinner because that's two different. Because when I hear Roscoe's yes. chicken and waffles since I'd never been, I'm thinking just the chicken and waffles, like in and out. This is what we got, chicken and waffles. I didn't realize that they have a full menu of soul food and good country home cooking stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I know I'm really yeah. hungry now. I want to go. And what time know, do they close? You can even just get the waffles. You can just get the. Um, you can just get the chicken. Okay. You can get livers. You can get. Ooh, well, see, livers. I want to just try the chicken and compare that to not. They have fried and... chicken livers. They do. Oh, uh, really? It's the number ten. <laughs> How do you know the number? Well, so a I've got it up on brain? my a I've got it up on my lap on my iPad Jeez. right now in front of me, okay. and B I was like, how would you know that? 
But, and B, I've eaten there enough times, I know a few of them. Like, I like the herb, the herbs sometimes, but sometimes I'm just a Carol C kind of girl where I just get a breast and a waffle and call it good. But they also have it where you can get like two legs and a waffle or, you know, double waffle. What are all the permutations of kinds of chicken with waffles you can get? Please list them all now. (laughs) No, I won't list them all now. You got to go. I mean, hell. But you can get half. You can get quarter. You know, it's it's kind of all what you want. But their waffles are something special. Half, three fourths, seven eighths, (laughs) nine twelfths. Okay. But not two thirds. You can even get a chicken liver omelet. Oh, ew. oh, that's no, 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 for no. Tom. You know, you want Southern style. No, not that Southern. But I, I really do. I really am terribly fond of their candy yams. Their candy yams are pretty incredible, and so are their greens. Okay, we will we review will it, it at some point and let you know. Okay, in less tasty news, <laughs> some of the biggest trade groups that provide an economic jolt to Anaheim say they won't run for the doors now that the city's convention center is set for a major expansion. But the Coalition of Anaheim Taxpayers for Economic Responsibility, CATER, may toss a wrench into the planned $190 million expansion of the Anaheim Convention Center. The coalition said July's vote by the Anaheim City Council approving the sale of bonds to fund the expansion was illegal and should instead go before the city's voters. This is every, you know, we're going to have one. Anytime there's a new thing, you're going to have then this story a few weeks later. The expansion turmoil has prompted at least one trade group executive to say to say his organization would look at options to leave if the expansion doesn't materialize. We'd have to assess assess our options and current growth. We've been going with the knowledge and assumption that it would be happening, said Adam Anderson, group show director for New Hope Natural Media, which runs the Natural Products Expo West. Cater has filed one lawsuit to stop the financing of the expansion and likely will file another in response to a second vote in July to sell $300 million worth of bonds to pay for the project, said Greg Diamond, a lawyer representing the group of local residents. This is not a done deal, Diamond said. The top executive of the National Association of Music Merchants, which we know is the big, huge convention that they have, said he is cautiously optimistic the expansion will be completed a year before NAM's long-term term contract expires in 2018. We are counting on the expansion to hold us. We probably could inhale or tighten our belt for a year or two or even three until the expansion is completed, said Joe Lamont, NAM's president and chief executive officer. NAM is the biggest trade group to visit Anaheim's convention center. In the past, Lamont has said an expansion is vital to the trade show staying in Anaheim. Organizers have said the show generates $91.5 million wow, in spending at local restaurants, hotels, and tourist mm-hmm. attractions like Disneyland and elsewhere. The expansion which would be the seventh since, that's, I'm always going to say it from now on, seventh since the convention center opened in 1967 would include meeting rooms, ballrooms, and exhibit halls. So again, another story of we're going to, we're going to do something in the city of Anaheim, but somebody's going to say no. We're, we're Sacramento city up here is going through the same thing with their, uh, you know, we're, they're trying to build a new arena. Mm-hmm. For the Sacramento Kings. And there's one organization after the other that keeps trying to stop them. Very similar to what you guys are going through down there. They're still forging ahead. You know, they're tearing down the, um, there's a large mall that mm-hmm. fell into, nobody went to it. So it's being torn down. And, it's, and so the new downtown arena is going to be built. But this has gone to was court over and walk? over again. Pardon me? Was it called Garden Walk? 
<laughs> it was called Downtown Plaza. But they, um, it, it you know, the, every, their case is just continuously thrown out of court. And the city's just going ahead, selling the bonds and doing everything. So, well, I know in San Diego, now that we're talking about all this kind of stuff, in San Diego, when they finally built the Padre Stadium, it took years and years for it to just, like, the court, it was almost like we're just going to slow it down. Yeah. And then by then, costs run up and do all that. And, of course, I'm like a sports fan, so I'm all about, hey, let's build all over everybody's stadiums because I don't care. But with Anaheim, this is their business. This is what drives the economy in that city is tourism. You need the convention center to keep expanding. So that's that's my perspective. Oh, that's the news. Thank you, Tony. Time for rapid fire. Let's start with Michael. All right. Well, it's fall, which means, well, almost, but um, September's almost here, which means there's new activities going on at the Walt Disney Family Museum. Um, just to let folks know, the Mary Blair exhibit will be closing on September 7th, so you don't have much more time to see a really remarkable exhibit. I mean, it's really beautiful. Um, the Mark Davis exhibit is still running on his um, artwork of some of his leading ladies, where you can see some of his drawings for Tinkerbell and, you know, Cruella and, and several others. Um, the film of the month is 101 Dalmatians that you get to see with your admission. There will be, a, there's spotlight talks and this um, throughout the month, and it is on Mark Davis and Sleeping Beauty in the, in the theater um, gallery. There is a little open studio. Um, that's for the little ones who are um, seven and under. And I, I'm not exactly sure what they do, but they get really into whatever it is they, they're building out there. Um, the open studio for older children is um, Build Your Own Armature for Animation. Um, cool. The armature is a crucial structural piece of any sculpted character, a stop motion puppet. So you can learn the essentials of armature making to help build and bring your own original character to life. Both of the open studios, um, are offered throughout the month. They are also free with admission. The, um, major event, the major talk is on Mark Davis, um, Walt's Renaissance Man. That is on September 13th. Um, in the, in the, in the, um, museum theater. Um, during his 43 years at the Walt Disney Studios, Disney legend Mark Davis was assigned and produced some of the most difficult animation requested by Walt Disney and his directors. Join master animator Andreas Deja and Bob Kurtz, a former, um, UC Davis student and founder of the Burbank-based animation studio Kurtz and Friends for a discussion of Davis's far-reaching talents and considerable influence on the field of animation. And this is in conjunction with the exhibit, Leading Ladies and Femme Fatales, The Art of Mark Davis. So uh, so we will have a link to the museum's website in our show notes. You can get more information on times and tickets and, and things like that. Also, the Walt Disney Family Museum is celebrating its fifth anniversary in wow. October. I know it's already been five years. And they are, they've already announced, um, some of the activities that they're going to do and tickets are available. So on Wednesday, October 1st, 
They have special extended hours. Um, it's a $10 admission after 6 p.m. And so they're going to have special programming all day in the galleries and in the learning center. Um, the galleries are going to be open. Um, animated shorts are going to be featured in the theaters. They're going to have some special ex- um events for members and then at um, 6 p.m. there'll be half-priced admission to the museum and they're, they're also going to have some food trucks out there so you can um, you know enjoy um, you know you can have dinner out there very cool another member this is a members only event it is sold out but I'm bringing it up because there were only 24 tickets and I have one of them um, you this is, aren't you yeah. special I am. This is a Tinkerbell tea with Mindy Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, you might remember her from, Tom, you might remember her from the Destination D yes, event. Yes, I'm, I know who she is. Yeah, where she wrote a book, Tinkerbell and Evolution. So we get to, I get to spend the day with her. She's and, the one that uh-huh. found the face model of Tinkerbell. Exactly. That's right. And um, so anyway, so we also uh, also get a copy of her book that she'll personalize. We'll have tea, lunch and tasty desserts. And she'll do a, a presentation and all that. And then they will have a book signing for um, guests in the afternoon who want to purchase her books and, and get it signed. We also will be treated to um, an afternoon showing of Peter Pan as well. So, which is neat. Also, they're going to have an anniversary open house at, uh, on Friday, October 10th, um, from 6.30 to 10 p.m. And so there'll be, uh, some special, um, events. There'll be food, music, entertainment. Um, also, there'll be tickets for Disney historians and museum founding, cons- founding consultants, Jeff Curdy and Paula Sigmund Lowery will do a special presentation about the history of the museum and working with Diane Disney Miller to pull it all together. And there will be um, a Q&A. Um, and then they will have a similar um, event for the public the next day as well on Saturday the 11th. And those tickets are already on sale. So folks who are going to be around in October... Uh, you know, visiting San Francisco might want to go to the museum's website and see about getting tickets to celebrate Walt's life and to celebrate the anniversary of the Walt Disney Family Museum. Very cool. Thank you, Michael. I will go next. Um, I want to mention to folks that Mickey's Halloween party already has one sold out date, and that is October 3rd. So if you are uh, thinking of getting tickets, you might want to book it now, especially uh, like the third, the thirty-first. Typically, will sell out. So, like I said, the October third is sold out. And in a related story, I uh, just want to remind folks that Gay Days Anaheim is October third through the fifth this year. I only mentioned that to let you know that it's going to be super, super busy in the parks that weekend. So that may be something you want to be aware of. And I will be at the 26th, the September 26th, um, Mickey's Halloween party. So if you see me and you're there, be sure to say hello. Uh, Nancy. Okay. I'm not sure how I feel about mine. Okay. But um, recently it's been announced that uh, Studio oh, 365 that. Okay. <laughs> is um, being closed. Mm-hmm. And yes. 
No. I mean, no. no. Sorry, no. No, it's not a good It's one. being replaced by Elsa and Anna's Boutique. Oh, yeah. So, I'm not sure, like I said, I'm not sure how I feel about this, because, you know... My little video of my daughter getting 365 has actually had over a million hits on YouTube. Can you believe that? People are, you know, there's nothing out Lots there about... Lots of creepy it. old men out there, yes. Well, no, but I mean, <laughs> it was so funny because when she went to school for the first time, because we had done that before she had started school, and lots of her friends at school had seen it. Huh. Wow. Yeah, Do you kind of feel weird. that this new shop is going to prevent your daughter from going viral? <laughs> no. Is that why you're disappointed? <laughs> no, not at all. As a matter of fact, um, basically, they're they're taking the shop down September 2nd. They're reopening it mid-September, and they're going to have transformations inspired by Anna, Elsa, and Olaf. What the? You get the snow in your hair or something. Well, I have the right body type for Olaf, so maybe (laughs) that's Well, there you go. (laughs) Well, the thing is, is in the announcement of all this, you know, because, of course, they announced it on the Disney Park blog, one of the things that is, how do I want to put it? One of the things that makes Studio 365 so popular is the fact that it does not have an upper age limit. You know, you can only go to 12 at the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. And so kids, older, you know, tweens, uh, you know, to 14, and as well as people older, um, they go to 365 to get stuff done because they can't get it done in the park anymore. And so that's a, a big deal. And they don't know if they're setting a limit. They have no answers yet. All they've got and all they've published is this the little logo, logo thing, <laughs> which is kind of dorky looking, and the personally. Fact that it's and are they going to rename? I heard they're going to rename Disneyland to uh, to uh, Frozen. Oh no! Land. But I I heard that they're going to take the Matterhorn <laughs> and they're going to make it a uh, Frozen ride. I have heard that rumor. I just made that up, so I don't know. No, no, oh. that that is a thing. I would not be surprised if that wasn't a thing. Frozen Frozen Engines. Can they do that? No? <laughs> I'm just like, what else can they make Frozen? Because I know they're doing it all in Orlando. Can we get any anyway, kind of Frozen thing with a spinning theater? Yeah, it's okay. I'm, like, reser- anyway, I'm kind of reserving my judgment on all this. Because one of the things I like about 365 is its variety of merchandise, too. Right. And if and it's just... It's, yeah, yeah, it's, I, I just don't know if this is, and there's no word on if this is going to be tempor- a temporary change. That depends on the bottom line. I mean, line. it's not They're like studio money. It's not going to go anywhere. Well, you know, it's not like Studio Three Six Five is a um, is an independent store or an independent chain like Build a Bear or any of the other businesses that you know. It's a Disney branded business like Vault Twenty Eight, yeah. like um, that other one that's in the corner that has all the vinylmation. Um, D Street. D Street. That's you. when I said yes. That's what I thought was closing. I was all excited. I don't like D Street. So I mean, it's not like it's you know, it's one of those types of shops like Marceline's. You know, it's, it's not all... like they're going to not change it back eventually. I'm sure. Right. Well, it depends on how much work they put to the inside of it. Maybe this is the first step to becoming I a mean, Bibbidi Boppity boutique someday. 
I don't know. And that's and that's a a really good point because it was starting to date a little bit with the Disney the Disney Channel stars that graced the walls and stuff like that. You know, they weren't kind of keeping up with was Hannah, um, Mo- Hannah Montana still on the wall? Well, no, but they had like, you know, Selima Gomez costume and things like that up in the upper echelon, you know, the upper uh, roundabouts. And they were playing, you know, fairly current music videos and stuff like that. But, but yeah, no, it uh, definitely wasn't matching the direction they've gone with the Disney Channel. So, you know, it is what it is. Um but besides this particular, obviously they're opening this up in time to take advantage of the um, Halloween mm-hmm. parties and to get people all dressed up and dudded up for the Halloween parties. And so along with this announcement, of course, they made the announcement that they're going to bring back the Pirates League to so you can costume your kids as, you know, a, a princess pirate or a regular pirate. You can also... Um, and that's it. Um, Do a mini, ma- a special mini mouse transformation at the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. So that's all Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique stuff through October thirty. Well, Pirates League's going to be at the Thunder Ranch Jamboree. Yes, and that was the other big thing. So they're bringing all that stuff back. The special makeovers for the Halloween stuff, and they're making a comment saying that they are definitely having extended Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique and um, and Pirate League hours for the, on the Halloween party nights. Which is, I guess, a good thing. So you right. can show up early, get... Um, made over. Yeah, made over and stuff. So the ages are 3 to 12 years on Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique. I had mentioned the um, the upper level, but let's make a point of saying 3 years old is the minimum. And, you know, take advantage of it. Obviously, they're, um, they're now sort of indirectly announcing Halloween being September 12th for all the big Thunder Ranch Jamboree options. So yeah, that's pretty, yeah. Keep the, yeah, it's the usual start time. Yeah, I mean, start date. that's when all the rides are coming up. So that makes the most sense. Yeah. We've obviously talked about that yeah. before and I'm sure we'll continue to talk about that. So call uh 714-781 style, um, otherwise known as 7895 to um, make your reservations. And remember, and reservations require a credit card. Yes. So, yay. And, of course, separate theme park admission is required for transformation venues located inside the Disney theme parks. As opposed to the Elsa and Anna Boutique, which will be outside the theme park. Yep. So, yay. Woohoo. Speaking so, of, of YouTube hits, speaking of YouTube hits, maybe I should repost my Tower of Terror ride because it's only up to like forty three thousand. <laughs> You're funny. You're funny. I got to get to a million. All right, uh, Tony you should have gone to Studio oh, three sixty five first. And you know, okay, it. what have you guys heard about? What have you guys heard about the rumor? Because when I was reading the the blog post, one of the comments says everybody seems to be talking about Frozen taking over the backlot area of California Adventure for the holiday. Have we I, heard anything about this? I've read it on other sites. Yeah, I've read it. Okay, something because they were asking, well, are they going to move in and also makeovers over there? Not um, if it's at their boutique, if they have their own boutique. And there's also muttering about indoor ice rink at stage yep. 17. Yep. So, 
Obviously, you heard that gossip here if you haven't read it somewhere else. So there, yeah. Right, thank you, Nancy. Okay. Tony. Knotts has revealed some more information about Knotts Scary Farm. Include more things that they're com- they're trying to compete with Universal. So I'm going to give you a few updates. One is they have they're going to have a Facebook contest with the best not scary fan, okay. uh, not the ultimate not scary farm fan. That's all I got on that one. Uh, Fright Lane with Skeleton Key is going to be offered again, and it's an additional sixty five dollars. I know we've talked about some of this stuff, but there's more stuff. Don't worry, there's a big huge one. Um. They had, they recently had an event where all the maze designers went on stage and talked about things and they talk about the mazes and what they've changed or not changed. Trick or treat is going to stay the same. Uh, Dominion of the Damned, that's a cool sounding name, is continuing the story from last year. And that's, oh, but the classic character of the Wraith will also return to the maze. Okay. Sounds good to me. Uh, Forevermore will continue in homage to Edgar Allan Poe. I actually, this is actually uh, informing me what these mazes are like, so it's kind of interesting. Um, in homage, on homage to Edgar Allan Poe stories through a modern day serial killer's murders. Fun for the whole family. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, this year's version will feature more live murder scenes. Thank God. Because <laughs> there was just not enough <laughs> There was not last year. enough live murder scenes. <laughs> and wow. Okay. I'm not a big fright guy, so that's why I think it's funny. You know, um, I'm right there with you, babe. Okay, but yeah. So more live murder scenes, yes. Now, the question is, did they have like zombies like Disneyland with their little iPad thing and go, okay, as you're leaving the maids, would you have like <laughs> less live murder scenes, more my live murder scenes, more strength? Like, anyways, um, they have Pinocchio Unstrung. And this year, the designer wanted to get a little bit deeper into the roots with the book. So you're going to see some scenes from the book that you didn't see in the past. It's going to be more higher, horrifying, more disgusting. Yay. Yes. Cause again, <laughs> uh, Daniel Miller's black magic will continue to revolve around Houdini and his minions. There is even more an actually an exciting non mace inf- piece of information. I'll share, uh, returning from a seance and taking over an old art deco theater, a new wing called the hall of illusion is being added this year. Uh, Gunslinger's Grave is returning. Take you to the 1880s Old West to a town that is best left alone if you are a kindly and nice person. A, t- a town hall shootout is going to be added. The Witch's Keep is a maze, but really it's the Calico Mine Train ride revamped with a Halloween overlay. Okay, that makes me actually want to go see an overlay. That's I can handle that. Um, so the cackling green witch is projected on screen and insulted both the maze designer. Oh, sorry. That was me talking about what they did. They brought the, the character out and he was making fun of everybody. There's two new mazes, Voodoo and the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> no, two separate. That not sounds like a fairy. really bad punk rock band. Yeah, no, it's not Voodoo and the Tooth They're two separate. Voodoo and the Tooth Fairy. They're two separate. Um, so let's oh see. Okay. Yes, go on. We don't on. need to go into it. Okay, I'm not going to go in exactly. The Tooth Fairy, though, was advertised by at this event by a disgusting video that depicted a tooth falling into a bloody toilet with a soundtrack of a dental drill and screaming in the background. Nice. So obviously, this is not for, for... But it sounds like they're getting gorier, more like Universal. That's what I'm thinking, just from what we've read and heard. I think they're going for high-class entertainment this year. <laughs> Trapped Lock and Key 
is not included with the price of admission. A one-time entry costs $60 for a group of up to six. It's not a new, new maze per se, but is a completely new iteration of the pay extra maze introduced in 2012. Pay extra maze. Okay. Yeah. No, they have some of those. Um, and then there's others. There's scare zones, ghost town streets, gypsy camp, carnival, carnival. I like that. Nice pun. Thumbs up for that. Uh, Fiesta de los Huertos. But this is the big thing. Okay, so they had this event, and then at the very end, there was a mysterious box. Inside was an envelope containing a Not Scary Farm season pass. Fans had begged for years to offer a season pass. This is the first year that they're being offered. So to make the news even more exciting, they are only $65 and are currently offered exclusively to Knott's Berry Farm season pass holders. They'll later be offered to non-pass holders for $75. That's reasonable. So you can go any night of of haunt. Yeah. Yeah. For season pass holders, it was the by far the most exciting news. And then the question is whether this is to increase late season sales of the Knott's Berry Farm season passes, thinking that they'll get more people to do that. But the also the idea that they could be trying to um, compete more with Universal. And knowing how scary some of that stuff sounds, I, yeah, this is not, this is not for me. But now there's the pass. So that was kind of it. And I was, and more live murder scenes because damn it, it's about time. (laughs) So yeah, there you go. I know we're a family friendly Disney. Mm -hmm. Somebody said damn it. You Um, know, family friendly. I'm a Disney guy. So this is, I want to see Mickey with some vampire fangs and pats me on the back and pretends to scare me. I can deal with that. I don't know about the other stuff, but I know there's people that love this thing. And if you know anyone that loves this thing, now they can get a season pass. That will do it for rapid fire. Time for will our it? threat of the week. <laughs> <laughs> you sure about that now? <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm, yes. We're totally done. All right. This thread comes from Ben's wife. I'm not sure why Ben couldn't write it himself, but uh, this is called, have you had a child freak out during a ride? Yes. This will be my four-year-old son's second time at Disney. We were at Disney World last summer. Uh, when they went to Disney World, he wasn't tall enough for the scary rides, but now he is a year and a half older, so more so more mature and taller. I don't want to force him on rides, but at the same time, I don't want him to miss out on them because he is afraid and not willing to even try. I am never into forcing a child on a ride or to see a character or anything like that. I used to be a clown. Yes, a real paint-your-face-and-make-balloon-animals clown. And I used to hate it when parents would shove kids in my arms for a picture when they were clearly afraid of clowns and didn't even want to be near me. I felt so bad for their kids. Anyway, I told myself I would never do that to my kids. That being said, do you try to talk your kids into a ride? Have you ever had them freak out during a ride? How did you calm them down? And she says a couple more things, but we'll leave it at that. Any advice and inf- information would be appreciated. Nancy, you, you're dying to jump in. Oh, I've been, I've been there. I had, which one of the girls did it? Like, just. Maybe you should pay closer attention to your children. <laughs> well, no, both of them, out, both of them have done it. it. But like one of them, we thought they were over it and we took them on pirates mm-hmm. and there was like wailing and sobbing. And, you know, you have to go through the entire boat ride with your <laughs> small child wheeling. Oh, my God. I felt like the most horrible. And then there, somebody went on something and wailed and sobbed afterwards. Was it Matterhorn or was it Big Thunder? 
Anyway, it's just not, it's not pretty. And I felt bad because I thought they were ready. Uh-huh. And it just, it just ruins your whole, like, little period. And I know that there are tons of people who say, I, there are tons of people who say, by God, you're going on this. And they haul their, I mean, I've I seen- paid good money for this park ticket. There are people who just like, oh, my kid's tall enough, and let's go on Tower of Terror, because the parent didn't want to miss out, and it was their once upon a time chance to go. And and then they thought it was cute that their kid was, like, screaming and crying all the way at the top in the photo. And I just, I never wanted to be one of those parents, and like I said, I, I accidentally did it on Pirates, all because we hadn't gone in a long time. And I wanted to do it. And, you know, it was the so-called missing out. But then I ended up feeling like crap. And, you know, and plus you've got that trust issue with your child. I mean, I was hauled on stuff I wasn't ready for as a kid. And I was was a timid six-year-old. And my kids were timid six-year-olds. And I still have a timid nine-year-old. Although she's gotten a lot better. She's gotten a lot, lot better. Our last trip to Florida really pulled that one out of the toilet. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lily still won't go on Haunted Mansion unless it's, unless it's the Christmas version. <laughs> a Nightmare for Christmas version. It's right. just, she just doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. Same with Pirates still. And, you know, Sometimes you got to take advantage. And she's too tall for child swap. She's too old and she's too tall. Oh, that sucks. Wait, really? Yes. Garbage? Once they're the age Mm. to go on. On Right, okay. Once they're the age to really go on, the age or the height to really go on the ride, they they are not as um, warm and fuzzy about giving you child swap. Because Child Swap is designed for parents of kids who cannot ride, not do not want to. And that's a really vital thing I think that most people forget or, you know, don't point out is that that's an issue. So what do you do? Wes never had issues with rides per se, but a couple of the cues he didn't enjoy. Um, He hated the the cue for Indiana Jones. Yep. Because of the flickering lights and the freaky sounds. And he didn't like the, the stretching room of Haunted Mansion because of the dark. Yeah. So, cell phone, you know, in your in his hand, he's good to go. Just a little bit of light, and and he's good to go. But, yeah, never any issues with the rides. I mean, there's still a couple rides, like he won't go on, what was it, Accelerator at Knott's Berry Farm. But I don't think there was any other, any other rides that he would... Once he was tall enough, wouldn't go on. Any issues with Andrew, Tony? No, more issues with me. Okay, well, just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I'm actually a big believer with what Nancy said. I didn't go on space. I hear so I'm going to, this is my uh, confessional. I didn't go on Space Mountain until I was in seventh grade because I was scared of all those kind of rides. And then I was like, oh, I can handle this. But I still won't, like, I don't go on Tower of Terror because I don't like it. Right. I don't like that feeling. I don't like the... Yeah, the, me neither. The, like, I just don't like it. And and one thing that I've always been a big um, opponent of 
are people forcing people to go on rides. Right. Okay. I will get up in front of a crowd of 5,000 people and speak no problem, which is more people are afraid to do that than die. But yet I don't want to go on a roller coaster. So leave me alone. Like, sorry, this is personal. You can tell this, but, and I don't think you should force kids to do that. Now I do think some of the reason why I was scared is because I remember I used to sit, I remember a couple of times when we went to an amusement park, I would sit with my mom because she didn't, necessarily go but my brother did so i don't know if that's what kind of got me to thinking that everything's scary but i've been on them now and i'm not like a big fan of them i'll do it for my son like if he wants to go and rock and roller coaster when we're orlando and stuff but i won't when i was in disney world myself i didn't go because i'd rather do other things and what's funny to bring the story up one of the days i was there and i'm just by myself hanging out at magic kingdom there was this I hear this conversation going on. No, no. Oh, come on. It's fine. You can go. And it's this big tatted up guy who didn't want to go on Space Mountain. And I interrupt. I go, hey. I go, I'm a big, huge wimp. I will not go on any big, scary rides. But he said, that stomach feeling. I hate that. I said, Space Mountain, you'll be fine. Like, I'm okay with you going. Like, like I kind of use it like, look, if I can go on it, you can go on it. But you see the same thing and i just don't think that's nice to people to so then let some wait in i would have no problem for or for those kids you wait in line with them and then they don't go on it or something depending on their age yeah i just think now to actually give some advice now that i've done sharing my issues um i knew i used to know someone who had a kid um with autism and what they did is they watched the youtube videos of the rides and the park before so that they were familiar with it. I know it's a totally different thing, but if you have a kid who's afraid of the scariness of something, like you were talking about, like the dark or the the theming, showing, I mean, you ruin the magic, but then that also helps them, okay, I can do this. I've seen it. Right. I yeah. did that actually for me for a couple of rides. I went, okay, I think I can handle it. Like I knew what I was going to see. I went, okay, nobody's dropping 500 feet. I can handle it. Because now all these rides that are, are it, that are now dark and hidden, you don't know. Yeah. So I think that would be good advice, would be finding now that everybody's YouTube or whatever, or even yourself, go on the ride, record it, and then show the kid. But I don't believe in forcing them to do it. Right. Um, I think you might encourage them, oh, no, it's okay, but not saying, oh, you should go on it and making them feel bad, because then that turns into a whole other thing where you're going to have to see a shrink when you get older. <laughs> You know, we just had this discussion yesterday um, at the uh, at the county fair because one of the things they offered at the county fair, and I know you've seen this at your county fair, Tom, is the wool riders, the the the, the sheep rodeo riding. Oh, jeez! They have their mutton big um, busters. They call the them mutton busters. Here. Yes, yeah, the mutton busters where they get kids four to seven. I know it's so awesome that this still exists in the world. Um, kids four to seven Yet can ride a no sheep for lives. like six seconds. And Zoe thought about it actually, and she was debating whether or not to do it. And I thought she'd really enjoy it, but she, you know, she was still hesitant. So we watched it for a while. We weren't going to stay so that she actually did it, but, um, and she was actually, you know, too old to do it, but she wanted to actually think about <laughs> exhibition riding is what they call the kids who are too old, but they're still lightweight enough. Yeah. But yeah, so we had this whole conversation yesterday about not making them do right, something right. they didn't want to do. And 
It's supposed to be a fun place. Yes. Yeah. Don't make their experience not fun. Yeah, and then they're not going to want to go back because they think of it as a bad thing. And now as a parent, you're like, well, I want to go on it. Yeah, but ultimately, it's for your kid. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, unfortunately, Andrew has to deal with that opposite. (laughs) Ultimately, it's for his dad that doesn't want to go on the rides, but... Well, luckily, you know there's single rider. But I went, yeah, no, and I'll say, okay, I'll walk with you all the way up to, and that's kind of opposite, yeah. but I'll walk with you through the queue, but you can go on it. Like, I'll go on Rock and Roller Coaster with them because yeah. as a dad, I'm doing it for my son, and that doesn't freak me out crazily. But I'm not a big fan of Tower of Terror, and I probably won't go, I wouldn't go on that with him, but I would do whatever I could. If the only way he could go on it was because of me, then maybe I would. Just the op, just like the opposite. If yeah. they don't want to go on it, then. You can encourage them, show them what it is, but don't guilt them or yeah. make them feel bad or less of a less kid of a kid, for not, yeah, for not wanting to go on it. Don't make them feel like a scaredy cat. Don't make them feel like a you know. because that's the and that's the reason I tell everybody why I love Disney is because there's really not much there that used to be nothing there that wouldn't scare until now they've put some more stuff in, but there's yeah. nothing there that's that I would never in a million years go on. I'm like Magic Mountain when we hear that great uh, segment. <laughs> I won't go on 90% of the stuff there. But I think for the kids, showing them what it is, maybe on YouTube or making a video yourself or something might help that. That's my suggestion. Anything to add, Michael? Um, No. No, I, I agree. Don't force them. I like Tony's idea of watching watching them on YouTube first. Yeah, we didn't force our children to go. Our Granddaughter really has no fear. So she'll go. <laughs> she she wanted to go on Splash Mountain when she was two, and um, so she's excited that she can go on the big rides now. The only interesting thing was she went on Snow White Scary Adventures when she was little. The last time we went on it, it scared her, uh-huh. and so but she just put she just put her hands over her eyes, and then when we got off of it, she said, "I want to go on it again, and I won't cover my eyes." So we went on it a little Aww. later on, and she was fine. <laughs> All right, so, so um, if you have anything to add or you want to check out what other Dizzers say, I will make sure we put a link to that in our show notes page. Uh, that is going to do it. Thank you, folks. That's going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.